Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. I've got uh, on the phone with me Rhonda Foster. Uh, I met Rhonda uh, just through a mutual friend, um, Ben, out here in Salt Lake City. And he said, I told him what I was doing. And he said I had to talk to Rhonda. So, um, Rhonda, thanks for jumping on this podcast. Awesome. Happy to be here. Um, So kind of first question, the way that I like to frame this is, um, you know, rather than just like tell me about yourself, which can be sort of sort of interesting or boring but like if we were at a um a, an industry event or a you know a dinner party i don't even do people have dinner parties i don't really know or you know we're somewhere uh and we meet um how you know kind of tell me how that interaction would go you would say you know this is how i grew up or this is what i currently do or um so not just like tell me about yourself but like so tell how, me how i would uh, maybe tell me about how yourself. i would introduce <laughs> I you at a social gathering i suppose yeah, well, I'd probably yeah, go yeah, with we'll a go funny with that, line sure. and say I'm princess or something, you know, funny. But anyway, um, to go into more background, <laughs> uh, if we were, you know, a networking and we know we're in the same industry, of course, you know, I would tell you which company I work for and what I do when to purchase displays sure. is uh, the strength in my portfolio. I started out at a company, I was called uh, Chesapeake Display and Packaging that turned into Coreflex, that turned into Snoko Coreflex. So I was there for a long time you know, worked my way up into the, the world of it. And then I, from there, I went on and I've moved to a couple of different states and I've done, you know, a couple of different things. And I've just, it's, it's a really good gig and I, I enjoy it. I like. All, all within the. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think I've always known I I'm that type of person that could never sit behind the desk all day long for, you know, hours upon hours. And you know, the gig gives me a, t- a chance to get up and you're building samples and doing things. And it's just perfect for someone, you know, that the creative mind, which sometimes goes along with the uh, restlessness that comes with that. Yeah. So um, how did you find out about the packaging world? Because I think what I found is a lot of people like myself, <laughs> you know, you interact with packaging all the time um, when you're growing up, but I never really thought of it as a, as a career. D- did you have somebody in your life or was this like a first job? Yeah, at a actually not or... at all. Um, I, like you said, I had no idea and I didn't even know what point of purchase displays were until I started working at Chesapeake. And what I have, what happened was I, uh, I did take, I, I did a year of college and I decided I was still pretty young and I really didn't know what, what do I want to spend the rest of my life doing? It's pretty young age to make that kind of decision. So I decided right. to take some time off and I was just going to go work. And I had an aunt that was um, like an administrative assistant and it just happened to be at Chesapeake Display and Packaging. So I went in actually working in the, the uh, plant at 18, you know, 19 years old. And I kind of learned about it. And there was a uh, plant manager that kind of said, hey, what are you doing with your life? You know, I, I've talked to you. I think you uh, mm. you have a lot of potential not to be wasted out here running this machine, you know, for the rest of your life. And I explained to him, yeah, I was just taking some time off, just trying to figure out what I want to do and, you know, just make some money. And so he actually did me a, a good, a huge favor. And he put me in a few different areas within the office and eventually into the design department. 
And yeah, and I ended up learning, you know, the CAD programs and the Adobe suite and all that from the other um, designers and then, you know, some self-taught and I just kind of never left. So (laughs) that's good. You know, it's kind of an exception of getting into that industry, but that's how it happened. You know, what's funny is what I've been finding out as I've been talking to people in the industry is it's actually more the rule than it is the exception. So there's, there's very, very few people, uh, aside from, you know, some people who grew up in Michigan, I guess, but there's very few people who go, yeah, I got out of high school and I knew yeah. I was going to get into packaging. I was so excited about barrier properties <laughs> yeah. of film. Yeah. And you're wait. right, Michigan. And then well, Cincinnati as well, because, you know, university of Cincinnati has the DAP program. So, um, yep. being at yep. Chesapeake, you know, you have, a, I had a lot of, um, coworkers that were from that program. So they, they did go into okay. that line of work. But again, as like you said, the exception, I remember one guy, um, I think was in the military and then got into it. Another guy's degree was in chemistry. It, it's so weird how people end up in the industry. But like I said, I had never Listen. even noticed point of purchase displays at stores until I actually started working at the company. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I was a uh, I was a youth pastor working as a barista at Starbucks before I got into packaging. <laughs> nice. So I I am not the I did not follow the the traditional right. path either. Um, that's awesome. So uh, you're you're still in the which is perfect that you're into uh, point of purchase displays. The podcast is the People of Packaging mm-hmm. podcast. So it is the. Right. The POP exactly. Podcast. Um, now, do you ever get into meetings? Because this is a big problem of mine in the packaging world. I'm a, I'm a big '90s hip hop <laughs> okay. fan, and so anytime I yes. hear like POP O-P-P, or OPP yes. or BOP, there's a lot of things. I just that, okay. I'm a music person in general, so there's a lot of things people say in my my. I just go right to the music. So <laughs> that's just yeah. But I, okay. I agree. It's there's a there the OPP and just. Yeah, definitely. It it's is. It's all over the place. It seems to come up constantly. And there's, the, yeah, the, uh, the Institute of Packaging. There's so many anagrams in the industry, um, too. So. <laughs> oh, it's exhausting. I was in a meeting today, actually, and we had to kind of stop and be like, wait a second. Do you yeah. understand what we're talking about? Because we just rattled off a whole bunch of <laughs> right. stuff. And they were like, maybe they don't know no, what all this stands but, for. <laughs> yes. But I like you. Um. Awesome. So tell me something that right now, I I think that the packaging industry right now is, I actually think it's a really exciting space. It's part of the reason I want to start the podcast is to not only hear people's stories, have people tell their stories, um, but also because it's a cool thing. There's, there's attention being paid to packaging, some good, some bad, you know, over packaging, under packaging, whatever it is. Um, But is there anything uh, that is, is kind of making you excited about just maybe packaging in general or specific to the POP world. And we'll talk about specific projects yeah. that you've worked on, but just kind of a general statement. Is there anything that's really getting you pumped up to get up yeah, and well, go to work honestly, every day? You know, the, uh, when we go into the packaging, because of course that can be, you know, part of, you know, the POP because we do, you know, all sorts of different things. And, uh, I remember right. um, within the last year, there actually there's a lot of customers coming in like, how do we brand this better? Or how do we do you know just certain things like because you know there's a lot of online sales going on, so their their stuff isn't getting yeah. seen 
on shelf and they're just, you know, really wanting to know, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, even though my product's shipping in, in like an Amazon box or a, you know, Chewy.com box or something like that, how do I get my brand out right. there? So that's a lot of, of uh, things that, you know, are being worked on right now and trying to get a little more presence to the brand itself. And then the other thing with um, when we did this big project not so long ago, it, it is about the overpackaging and it is about some of those um, online retailers just they're sending you something that's the size that could go in an envelope in a box that could hold five pairs of shoes. And it's so it, right. I actually found a really interesting blog by someone because, of course, sustainability is so important in this day and age. And you have these bloggers that aren't even in the packaging industry um, running websites, telling people to send in their examples of overpackaging because we want to post them and we, you know what I mean? And, and then on the flip side, they're yeah. having people send, send examples of, you know, this awesome, you know, cute packaging or send, you know, something that you think was good. And it's people, like I said, that aren't even in the industry. So it, that was interesting to me going back to our earlier conversation of, we never even thought about packaging, but you have people thinking about it now. Right. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of uh, fun and exciting. It, did you have you played around at all with any of the smart packaging stuff for point of purchase? Like displays, a retail ready the, type stuff. I'm thinking like uh, cell phone interaction. So, um, you know, near field communication um, or not, um, low energy Bluetooth and I stuff like that. I haven't gotten into that a lot, um, except for some of the tagging things that they've been doing. Um, as far as tracking where everything goes, those little, I think they're called what RFID tags or something along those lines. Yeah. And that, that was interesting to me, a little, a little weird, but it was, you know, we want to see, yeah, yeah a little big brother, little that's exactly what I was going to say. But, um, you know, they're just pulling data on all, like basically where their products are traveling until they reach the consumer, which I mean, I, I get it. It's a, it's a, and you know, when you, when you're here about this stuff, you're just like, wow, this is, is it's really cool that they're doing it because there are so many technologies available. I mean, even as simple as the QR mm -hmm. codes or just, you know, going to other places and just the, the extents that are being, you know, done for these, uh, you know, pr companies on how uh, focused they are. Um, well, Hey, let's, let's, uh, uh, so, so in, in the POP world, um, we'll kind of talk about like frustrating or challenging things. I remember my first job out of college, I was the overnight assistant manager at Walgreens in Fort Collins, Colorado. <laughs> okay. And I was tasked with putting together, you know, merchandising stuff and putting things up. And I can't tell you how many times I would get some intricate origami point of purchase display and I'm like this 22 year old kid, it's <laughs> right. two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, forget it. The product's exactly. going on the shelf. This thing's going yeah. to the trash. Is that, is that a I common? Mean, I think still, I mean, yes, that, that is always a concern. Um, or they'll put up part of it and not put the header on or not put a, a graphic element right. to it or something like that. Um, some of the things that I've seen recently uh, is the, especially with um, displays that maybe, on the higher end is some companies are sending out their own teams to assemble and put together these displays in stores so that they're not having to rely oh, okay. on 
like you said, the 18 year old stock person that really doesn't care about his minimum wage job too much. So, you know, and I've actually witnessed it firsthand walking through um, like a target or I can't remember, but five people standing there trying to figure out how to put together a floor stand. <laughs> and, and it was, it was just, yeah. and I'm almost like, I could probably help them, but uh, that's not my customer. So I'm not going to, <laughs> but, but Right. Very, very right. honest, though. Yeah. Like, very and, honest. Uh, so, yeah. So that often is a concern. Um, you know, the other frustration is really honestly um, how much is, you know, obviously for environmental reasons, hopefully it's a lot of it's getting recycled. And because, you know, a lot of times as a designer, especially, you know, POP, we do get to make some pretty cool, fun things. And uh, sometimes, you know, you're, you're kind of proud of something or you kind of put a lot of work in or effort into it. And then to kind of realize, yeah, this is going to sit there for six weeks and then they're going to throw it in a recycle bin. It's not a yep. very long lasting, you know, changing the world moment, <laughs> but, you know, but that is a frustration. And then there's that old um, conundrum of this is what we want. This is what we want it to look like. And this is all the product we want it to hold, but we only want to spend $5. And we're like, oh, right. well, <laughs> you could just throw it in this bin. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, that's always, you know, been our rule is you can have it, you know, the fast, cheap, and easy. You only get two. You can't get all three. There's, that's just not how it works. Yeah. So um, the, for, for anybody who might be listening to this, who will hopefully now never look at a, uh, a <laughs> point of purchase display again, or, or the yeah, same again, yeah. right? Um, I, I remember when I was, when I was uh, helping source these things, and I would tell people, you know, what what some of these displays cost. And they were like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, retail people are, yeah, we just toss them. I'm like, you know, somebody spent a ton of time and energy and, money, and effort. And, yes, and everything. There is, and money and there's engineering and there's all, there's graphics laid out. You know how much for you to just like casually be like. Right, yeah. exactly. No, seriously, that, <laughs> so hopefully- that is a frustration. Like, you know, I mean, I now I get why architects do what they do. At least they have a lasting, you know, impression of, hey, I did that. I have about a four to six week window to run into a store and hope that it's there and it hasn't either been shopped all the way or they like you said, even they put it or if they put it up at all or you know, whatever. Yeah. So but there's still those moments of gratification. Uh for example, I just did a, a holiday display that was featured in Shopper Marketing magazine. So that was kind of cool. Um yeah. So, I mean, you still get, like I said, your little proud moments, but you know, I, I do realize, you know, this, this industry, you know, we're not really, like I said, changing the world, but eh, it's still a good, it's a good gig. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, you can do your oh, small exactly. part. Have, have you seen, have you seen, um, you, you were kind of hinted at this a little bit. Have you seen an increase in the, the request for POP displays just because the, the retail environment has become so much more competitive with e-commerce or is it because of e-commerce are, are people less prone to doing the floor displays yeah. or has it been kind of the I same? I think honestly, I, it, it's going to depend on, you know, the customer, but um, the last company I was at was in, I did a lot of pet food for like PetSmart and things like that. And we actually yeah. saw a, a rapid decrease due to the e-commerce and, you know, people are finding out I can do subscriptions to this stuff on Amazon or Chewy or something like that. I pay less. Right. It, it 
door so I don't have to carry a 40 pound bag of dog food in and out of everywhere. And, you know, and also when you're doing the subscriptions, you get that 5% or whatever incentive. So, you know, it's just um, there, we did see a a decline, but it's still, I mean, it, it definitely was a noticeable amount in sales, but you're still at the point that um, some of these displays, like you said, what people are paying for them and they're so intricate. It was weird because we were still just as busy. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So then the, the attention being paid and the intricacy of it is, so it was almost like, Hey, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Right. Yeah. They started wanting like, let's do like better, like creative, you know? And uh, I know the one that I was talking about when the shopper marketing had like a motor in it and some things. So, you know, that was where a motor, is that what you said? Um, like, a. there's some companies, you know, that do, uh, this, the motion displays and you use like the motors for the have you ever seen a pop display that has any motion with it okay yeah yeah yeah. i was thinking like a car motor like no 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 no, no. i'm talking about a little little spinning motor to make like something turn or something you know move from side to side so yeah yeah we're not yeah it wasn't a chainsaw motor or anything like that (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's some like halloween display stuff right there right so Man, that's yeah. that's cool. And, and so that that project that you were talking about, that would be sort of an example of something fun and cool yeah. and exciting that you've worked on. Is there, has there been anything else that's getting you up in the morning? Yeah, and actually, uh, getting you excited. A couple of weeks ago, I was actually staying at work until eight o'clock, and I even went out on a Saturday, which is very very rare for me to do um, some work for Nintendo displays. And you know, we have oh the, nice, you know the I have that nostalgia, like you said, late eighties nineties kid um you know playing the super mario and doing all of that and so that was just something to me like it didn't even feel like work and it was just you know you just kept yeah we just all kept coming up with more and more ideas and i you know building the display and then we actually ended up doing you know a, a full printed mock-up of it and it was just it was really really cool like that was probably one of the most fun things i've ever worked on believe it or not <laughs> yeah that's awesome I had my kids play the old school Nintendo and we got it out and I got it all hooked up magically and we're playing it. And you know what I realized is that there's a reason why video games, old school people don't get upset at me. There's a reason that like that died away is because it's kind of boring. (laughs) It's not, it's nostalgic for sure. But I was like, I know where all the warp zones are. I can, right. And they're like, but they're like, why is this flat? Like, why can't he go any other direction besides left and right? Well, that's just how it is. Okay. You're lucky it's even in color. (laughs) Right. But I guess that's part of it, too, because, you know, in the packaging industry or display or whatever, yeah, we don't always get to work on the things that we feel feel are the most fun, per se. So, but then I go walk into these stores and I see, or the movie theaters, for example, and I see, like, these big Star Wars things or, you know, like, Fantastic Beasts and Harry Potter and... See, and I'm, of course, a big nerd with all of these things. I have injection molded Darth Vader on my desk. You know, I have all of these things. So superheroes. Got so I'm it. like, where do I get that job? Where do I go to work on all of this? <laughs> where can I build an X-Wing out of Portgate? That's all I need to know, okay? There's nothing stopping well, you. Right, but... <laughs> well, Except when my company and comes over and they're and... like, what are you working on? I'm building an X-Wing. I'm sorry, is that for... No, it's just for me. Thanks. <laughs> It's for marketing, it's for marketing purposes, <laughs> boss person. Right. Oh man. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, 
this would kind of wrap up our time cool. actually. Um, it's been, it's been super great talking to you and learning about what you're doing in the, in the point of purchase world. Um, where are you currently living? I don't know that yeah, we ever quite I, got I, to, you I just like jumped right in into the, the greater Chicago area, which, you know, is a, is a nice spot for, uh, the point of purchase industry. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, I've, been from Cincinnati to Indianapolis to here and who knows where I might be in the future. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it is a fun thing about packaging. It, it has its spots. It, yes. You can, you can go pretty much anywhere in the world and somebody's got to put a widget into right. a box and sell it to somebody. Except so for I'd have to learn you can the kinda... metric system if I left the country. So that would. <laughs> oh man. That would be. Yeah, that I had would be a coworker rough. from Europe uh, that came from there to here and had that same issue, and I, I couldn't imagine after thirty-five plus years of living and using that one system, and then just having to learn it, especially as an adult, because you all know we, everyone knows we learn worse as an adult as we do as as kids. Oh so yeah, just changing your entire way of doing things would be quite the challenge. Yeah, no, that would be especially because ours doesn't really. I mean. Let's just call it what it is. The metric system. It is easier, dope. exactly. Like our, our system is yeah. It's all weird. about the powers like, of ten. So that that would frustrate. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, pretty easy. That would to, frustrate my coworker even more. Just saying, like, this doesn't even make sense. Why is it? Why is it based <laughs> on twelves? Why isn't it ten? <laughs> so. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? We yes, just made we it did. up. We were like, we just don't want to be like any um, of you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We completely, we, we left Europe and we are just making up right. our own rules. All right. Leave us it's alone. It's like the rebelling child. <laughs> well, how would, how would people get in touch with you? Is it, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm on way, LinkedIn and now uh, I think, um, you know, that I'm pretty, I guess, semi-active on there. So, um, a lot of co uh, companies you work for don't like us to share things until, you know, maybe they're in store or even then it's kind of still oh, whatever sure. but yeah i'm on there with you know my background and my history and all of that so if anybody wants to reach out and nerd, and nerd out, about out. Star right Wars right and, that's how you know yeah that's what ended up happening with uh ben and i like i told you <laughs> that's why we would end up on the yeah. phone oh, have you seen the latest star wars movie what do you think about that so <laughs> that would be what our oh, conversations man. turned into <laughs> yeah i'm not uh we we couldn't nerd out about Star Wars. I'm so sorry. I'm not. I don't. It's like you know, use use the force. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Picard said. That's okay. I can, I can still make all... those jokes. I'm not that serious about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Um, awesome. So uh, so LinkedIn. Look up uh, Rhonda Foster, and you can you can connect with her there. Uh, if you have a job that requires somebody to build an <laughs> X-wing out of corrugated, yes. she's your person. Yes. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Cool well, thanks for doing this well, and exposing thanks, people. Rhonda. This is awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just, I, I love to. It's, it's a fascinating industry, and can't wait to uh, hear all the stories and hopefully some really fun connections that can come from all right, it too. Cool. So, all right, all right. Thanks, thanks Rhonda. Bye bye. Yep. Bye. This concludes episode number eight of the People of Packaging podcast. I'd like to thank my co-host Adam Peak and Ms. Rhonda Foster for a great interview. Please join us for Episode 9, where we will continue to share the stories of the people that make up the packaging industry. I'm your co-host, Ted Tate. Until next time.